When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to this week's episode of the Baseball Together Podcast, Baseball Family. This week we have a couple more no-hitters, some really interesting home run stuff, and the Dodgers Mount Rushmore. Next. Nine Plus Us presents the Baseball Together Podcast with your hosts, Blackjack Brad and Kansas City Little Big Briggy Blue Eyes. And now, Baseball Together. Welcome to this week's episode of the Baseball Together Podcast, Baseball Family. I am Brad, and as always... I have our guy, Kansas City, little big briggy blue eyes, to my right. <laughs> hey, baseball family. He finally got my name right all the way. <laughs> it only took three like three quarters of a raise to do it. Oh, um, yeah, great. I, I think to get like up to speed, it took a significant amount of an energy drink to do that. Uh, so that's where we're at tonight. Just so here we go. Are you ready? Attempted it. I'm so ready. <laughs> Good. Excellent. Okay. We had two more no-hitters this last week to take the official total up to six. Am I right? Yes. So so first things first, let's do this. We had the Tigers no-hit the Mariners. Uh, Once again, that's the second time this season for the Mariners. And then the Yankees no-hit the Rangers. That was Corey Kluber. Uh, And that's the Rangers' second time. So... Here we go, Greg. We've got six no-hitters, three teams on the losing end of those. Because the Indians have been no-hit twice as well. That's right. And so here, here's something that's interesting to me. Clayton Kershaw came out this week and actually said, uh, I don't feel like it's good for the game. Now, Greg, you and I are defensive guys, and I actually was telling my wife today, I said, you know what, I would be... I'd be happy to watch a no-hitter as long as my team is not on the losing end of it this time, where the winning team scores four runs with value hits. That's like the perfect no-hitter to me. Mm-hmm. Would you rather see a no-hitter, like a one nothing no-hitter, or would you rather see one that had, you know, average to a lot of runs scored? Can you repeat the question? <laughs> So, so I said that I would like that my perfect no hitter that I would want to watch would be a team where the the winning team scores about four runs off of about eight hits. Yeah, right. So you want to? I want to see some. I want to see some offense. I don't want to see yeah. a two nothing no hitter with like you know where the winning team only hits like two home runs, right? Unless so, I both... know I know you're you're a no hitter guy, big time, big time no hitter guy. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what, kind of what I'm saying are you is cheering for though. Well, my my ideal no hitter is a double no hitter, where that <laughs> one or two runs is, you know, we we get them in like the eighth. Somebody's no hit bid ends in the late like bottom of the seventh, somewhere between there and the bottom of the eighth, and it's a pitching duel start to finish. That's perfect. 
for me. That's like, you know what I mean? Score a couple of runs. It's tense every minute of the game, you know, once you realize what's happening, which really starts to take shape through the third. And by the time, if you're really paying attention, by the time the fourth has happened, um, you know, you, you realize that nobody's been on base. <laughs> that's, that's fantastic. Yeah. And for and, me, I mean, I nobody don't really start to pay attention. Like, I don't really start to pay attention to no hitter as far as like the status of it until after the fifth. Yeah, and that and that might just be the Mariners fan in me that somebody who's like, yeah, I'm used to getting no hits through the fifth inning. <laughs> But no, when you get to I, the six and you're still not getting a hit, that's when you start to be concerned. Because the Mariners could have been no hit through like a third time in the yeah, last two weeks. It's true. You know, they came really, really close. Yeah, they did. So, but do you think Clayton Kershaw is right there, though? Do you think that it, it could be bad for the game? That these teams are just not hitting the ball? Like, literally not getting on base. Not I, hitting the ball. Well... I think if Major League Baseball was doing a better job reaching its burgeoning audience, its potential audience, then no, I I would say it wouldn't be bad for the game. But because we know that they are struggling to do that, then maybe mm-hmm. he's right. Because the fans, the hardcore fans like me and you, we, you know, we we see it for what it is, and it's really cool. Now now we're watching to see if they can pull off eight, nine, ten no-nos in a season right to to break records that have stood forever but it's it's a different thing for a fan who's trying to investigate baseball trying to see is this what they can get their you know hooks into or not and that kind of thing that that's and i think that's where clayton kershaw has got a really good point just depends on which segment of the audience we're trying to talk about um Mm -hmm. and how much time and effort those of us that do get it and do care that you know, get not get it that they don't get it, just that we understand the significance of a no hitter and we you know kind of see what to look for. But that's that's what I'm saying. I think it just it really depends. But is the younger generation struggling to accept baseball and to integrate? Yeah, yes, and that is a problem. So it's on us, the rest of the fans, to explain what's going on, why it's exciting, why it's cool, and sort of indoctrinate. Um. Mm-hmm. That's that's what I would say. So, I mean, if we're all in it to win it and we're all in it together, then I don't think it's bad for baseball. I just don't think that's happening. <laughs> what, what about this? What about this, Brady? So, I mean, that's we're not even two months into the season as of today, uh, May right. 24th. And we have we have six no-hitters. Seven, technically, yeah. if you want to get right down to it. Um, wow. Let's not get into that. You, <laughs> And that, you know, that's just based on definitions and semantics. But anyways, yes, <laughs> I, I'm curious if it's diminishing the no-hitter. That many in such a short amount of time? Like, usually by now, like, we might have won at this point in the season. Yeah, right? maybe. And we mm-hmm. might have seen, probably, likely will not have seen this many over the course of an entire season. Last yep. year in 60 games, we had two. Yeah. And, and, you know, this year, like we said, six already. Is it diminishing the no-hitter at all, do you feel like? Well, and again, I think this comes back to who's asking and who's being asked. Because for me, it doesn't diminish the no-hitter. But I see all the different things that are being toyed with. Pitching is getting better. Major League Baseball has supposedly deadened the baseball. 
pitcher or batters are going for launch angle almost exclusively um, up till now. And there's a shift and there's all this craziness. So if you figure it all out and you put all the pieces together, I don't think it diminishes it at all. Could it become that way in the future? Yes. And I know I'm doing politician answers here, but this is really, <laughs> this is how it goes in my brain. It's that there's, there's a lot to consider. And I, I don't think it's an, I don't think it's a cut and dried question. And I don't think you can give a cookie cutter answer, but are we at risk of it diminishing its significance? Yes. However, if we go back to one to three no hitters a season, something like that, starting next year, we can always look back on 2021 and go, wow, that was something. I mean, that was really something. Yeah. And I think well, that's and, worth it. That's cool. Yeah. And, and you know what? My thought with this whole thing is that this could be the end of the launch angle era. Yep. Right? That clearly it's not necessarily a rider. Like, it, I guess you could say it is more of a rider die that you're going to ride it to a win or you're going to die on the on the wrong end of a no-hitter, right? Yep, yes. That It's getting to be all or nothing. Because I know Seattle, I know the Mariners are big time into analytics. Jerry DePoto loves it. They love their Rapsodo out there. They love their stat cast. They love it. And yeah. I know that that's a really big part of what they've been doing and part of why they've been able to find some success. You know, I mean, they were hovering, my Mariners are hovering around 500 for much longer than I expected this season. You know, yeah, and and there there are a lot of teams in the past. You know, the the Astros won a World Series partially because of trash cans, but also because they were applying that with launch angle. They were, That's I mean, right. the Astros were the, were really the team that introduced the whole hit the ball in the air, hit the ball to the warning track instead of the second baseman. You know, instead yeah. of lining out to the second baseman, you're you're flying out to the warning track. They're the ones who brought that whole thing into baseball. There's, a, you know, just one more reason to hate them, I guess you could say. But, <laughs> it, you know, it's, yeah. that's all part of it. And and seeing this, and we're going to get into this in a minute, that there are teams that have found the best of both worlds and happen to be the most successful in baseball right now. And then I feel, yeah. like, I feel like the Mariners have a hard time adjusting. They have not gone away from, like, okay, don't try to lift the ball. Just try to hit it. Yeah. Okay? Like, let's adjust mid-game here. Let's not try to hit the ball with the fence. Let's just try to hit it. Hit yeah. it where there's green, and let's make stuff happen. I feel like the Indians are the, were the same way. And the Rangers, you know, I know Joey Gallo's on that on that team, and he's he's an all-or-nothing kind of guy. And I feel like there's probably some others on that roster the same way. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there doesn't seem to like, it doesn't seem to feel like there's a whole lot of adjustment going on there. You know, so I think there's a reason that these three teams are no hit. I feel like there's a reason that we've seen this many no hitters already, and we're going to continue to see more because there are teams that are not going to want to adjust despite being no hit through six, seven, eight innings. So, right, and and they're going to say stick to the plan, just stick to the plan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, we might get no hit today, but we'll hit a few home runs tomorrow. And we'll break out of it. But guess what? In Seattle, they did not. They they lost like eight in a row. So yeah. Oh man. Well, that? I wrote. I wrote a piece, <laughs> yeah, I wrote a piece a couple of years ago about the long ball and how I'm over it. Mm-hmm. I'm just over it. I've been over it for a long time. Yeah, and I, yeah. I love that we're getting to this sort of saturation point where people are starting to think, okay, now wait a minute. Should, so if you read Cubs way, the 2016 uh, Cubs, you know, world championship, 
it's a it's an incredible read but one of the things that joe madden insisted on was that everybody has a b hack which is the exactly what we're talking about right you get up there and you just take the crappiest little swat at the ball and just, just yeah, put the ball the in, out there to get it on get on the ball that's it just put the put the bat on the ball that's all you're you're trying to do and they had specific scenarios where that was intentional that's all you were mm-hmm. intending to do is just make contact and yeah. they won the world series right mm-hmm. like they had guys who could hit home runs for sure but they played holistic well-rounded baseball all season long and that took them all the way and like Brad said we have got we've got a lot more sort of analysis to get into and we'll we'll do that but well let's just do it right now I guess yeah I say let's do it we, we might yeah. as well baseball yeah. uh, Major League Baseball said they deadened the ball this year they made it a little bit softer didn't wind it quite as tight in the core and the intention of that was to make it so that it did not fly as far didn't fly as fast but yeah. we've seen some mixed results, I feel like, because at the beginning of the season, we, we kind of talked this out, and we said, you know, guys who are going to hit home runs are con- going to continue to hit home runs. But some guys are hitting a, a little bit steeper clip than what they're used to, and it's kind of interesting to see some of this roll out. But it does lead for, like we talked about, a more balanced, I guess to say, a more balanced attack, right? Yeah, and that's what I want to see, right? I want to see more balanced yeah. baseball. Everybody likes home mm-hmm. runs, but but we prefer home runs when they're in clutch scenarios, right? We want to see grand yes. slams, but in order to get a grand mm-hmm. slam, you've got to put people on base, right? You have to have guys yeah. on base, and in mm-hmm. order to get that walk off homer, right? I mean, you got to be in a, in a walk off situation. <laughs> so that's yeah. that's when I think home runs are fun. That's when I think they're exciting. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with home runs. I just want a more holistic, balanced baseball. And so Brad and I started looking. And in 2019, we skipped 2020 for the most part in this analysis. A little disclaimer here. Because of the skewed results and everything. We did include them in one of our um, pieces of analysis that we'll we'll show you here. But um, ultimately we went from 2019 full season to so far what we've seen in 2021. So let's just talk about this in 2019, the season leaders across MLB in home runs were Minnesota in this order, Minnesota, New York Yankees, Houston Astros, and the LA Dodgers. Those teams, that's the LA, the top four teams that led uh, in home runs hit in 2019 so interestingly enough the number of the teams where um excuse me the teams that led with in runs scored in 2019 were in this order new york yankees minnesota twins houston astros and the boston red sox and brad go ahead and plug it because i can't what's that that's the year that (laughs) Oh yeah, that's the year that the Boston <laughs> Red Sox won the World Series. Yeah, because I talked about I mentioned that when we were <laughs> talking about that that they let they were fourth in runs scored, but actually just fifth. Uh, actually, no, they were not fifth. They were a little bit farther down the list in home runs. The Dodgers were fifth in runs scored, though. So Boston, whether they were hitting trash cans or not, I I mean, no, that was not the year, was it? Anyway, anywho, because that was the year that the Nats won. Yeah, the, the Nats the won, Nats won in 2019. Okay, so I stand corrected uh, against okay. myself there. 
I was just anyway, gonna tease Mike the Nats, Barnes. They're not. But, they're not uh, anywhere in there. They're not. <laughs> no, the Nats aren't. The Nats aren't in there at all, and they won the whole thing that year. Yeah. So. I think that's anywho. fascinating. Okay, so let's move so, on. Yeah. So we had two Go months ahead. into the season. We were looking at some at the guys who are leading Major League Baseball home runs right now. Uh, we didn't include everybody. Like we didn't include Tatis because he was too young. We did not include. Um, Otani, uh, Vlad Guerrero Jr. or Vlad, uh, yeah. Otani, yeah, Ot- Otani. I feel like is a strange case just because of he hits so inconsistently, or at least he was back then. Now I feel like he's in the in the lineup more, but yeah. at the time, you know, he was pitching and hitting whenever. But anyway, so we have Ronald Acuna Jr. He had 11 home runs through May, and now he has 15. This is 2019 uh, to 2021, just to make it clear. Correct. So we yes. took the guys, and we Mitch took 10 Hanager. guys. Yeah, we took 10 guys who played consistently, home runs consistently in both seasons and who are also league leading right now. Yeah. Yeah, so so Mitch Haniger, who really only, he played about, six, I think it's at 66 games because he had an injury that ended his season in June. But through May, he had 14 home runs and he's got 13. Um, this was, I mean, the Mariners are playing right now. Uh, I don't think he's got a home run tonight, but he, I mean, 13 right now. So he's actually been consistent with who he was in 2019. Uh, yeah. Briggs' favorite player, Raphael Devers, um, <laughs> had <laughs> eight home runs through May of 2019, and he's got 13 right now. Yeah. Yeah, him and, and his then cheeks. A guy like, yeah, him and his cheeks. They're hitting, hitting the long ball. I mean, look at that. Uh, Nick Castellanos, and this is one of the things too, is that Nick Castellanos was not the player in 2019 that he is now. Like neither is Devers. He, Let's be honest, Devers is neither. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. Castellanos had six through May, and he's got 12 right now. And right. then you've got Freddie Freeman had 13 and 12. 12 currently has 12. Uh, JD yeah. Martinez had 11. Currently has 12. Aaron Judge, who only played in May, pretty much in 2019, did not play April March. Uh, he had five, and now he has 12. Uh, mm-hmm. Matt Olson, That's pretty seven consistent. and 12 currently. JD, uh, or, sorry, Jose Ramirez had four, currently has 12. And Marcus Simeon had seven, currently has 12. So I don't know if it's necessarily like some of these guys are just having a power surge, and I don't know if we're going to see a sudden influx of uh, random, quote-unquote, steroid testing. <laughs> Or what's, Maybe. or what's going on, you know? Well, what this because indicates to me... To home runs, but some of these guys are hitting just as many or more than what they had two years ago. Yeah, and so aside from the paranoia comment you made, which is very valid, uh, what this says to me is that, <laughs> like we've said before, when they started talking about deadening the baseball, we said that the guys who already hit home runs are going to continue to hit home runs. And this is what mm-hmm. this proves to me, this statistic here, these, these numbers. So I think, and I think that's really neat because we do need the home run ball. I mean, we need it. Right. It's yeah. you can't have you can't just strip baseball of the long ball. It's not going to work. It'll be the same problem we had if we if we only have home runs, which is kind of where we're at right now. So now let's mm-hmm. let's talk about this really quick. Let's talk about total home runs by the month. Okay. <laughs> so these are in, these are kind of alarming. I'll be honest with you. These, this is crazy. This is gonna this is gonna reinforce some of that confirmation bias we've been thinking about with deadened baseballs. Okay, mm-hmm. 
Total home runs by month. If you combine March and April of 2019, league-wide, 1144. 1,144 home runs. Compared that to this year, 873. Did did you pick yourself up out of your chair? Okay, I know you (laughs) fell. We did too. It's okay. We fell, fell right out of our chairs. All right. Total homers by month, May of 2019, 1136. 2021, 720. <laughs> and we haven't finished the month yet. We still have a week. That's right. But still, we're not going to reach that right. number. No way. We're not even going to reach 873. No way. So, oh, yeah, probably not. That, it's so. not going to even have back. It won't even back Especially since out. here's the thing. So this is what got us thinking about this whole thing is that we've seen high-scoring games with 20-plus runs scored between both teams and only yeah. one, two, three home runs hitting the entire game. But there right. is a lot of string and base hits together. A small ball here and there, you know, a few a few bunts here and there, but there a lot of doubles, a few triples, um, sack flies, you know, like I said, some small ball here and there. Uh, but there's been, there hasn't been the three-run home run coming in like the sixth seventh inning like you would think in those high scoring games you know because like just today so this is this is actually what sparked the whole conversation was today the rays beat the blue jays uh uh, 14 to 8 in 11 innings scored seven runs in the 11th inning to win that game and they had what Mm -hmm. one home run in the whole game one yeah one one home run with 14 runs scored and it was a grand slam in the first inning yeah Exactly, but again, Grand Slam got to have people on base. Exactly, exactly. I love it. To the race to have have guys on base for Grand Slam. Yeah, yeah, you're <laughs> right. And a couple years ago, they had guys on base all the time. They did nothing about it, right? They leaving guys yeah, on base exactly. all the time. And now they've developed a, a system. I don't know what they've got in the Kool Aid down there, but it's working. Whatever so, it is, it's got them on top of the AL East. So. We will talk about June. I think these are statistics we should revisit, but. Just for frame of reference, uh-huh. 2019's numbers for June were 1142 total home runs league-wide. Okay, well, let's jump down to one more statistic, and then we probably ought to take a break. But total runs scored by the month, 2019, March and April of 2019, we're looking at 4,046. 2021, total runs scored 3,249. <laughs> May, May. Again, so far, we're 2019, 3,967 total runs scored league-wide to now 2021, we're looking at 2,838 total runs scored. So uh, whatever's happening it is definitely happening. <laughs> yeah, it, it definitely I think that's, is. And it's, it's crazy. It's yeah. crazy to think about that, that you know, just that, that little bit of a change has had that much of an impact already on the season. And, you know... Uh, some of that might come from, I, I don't know, I would say coming in early in the season, but they did. They did, I mean, we're looking at the exact same months from two years ago, and maybe having a weird year last year where they basically took the year off, you know, essentially, that yeah. guys are trying to get back into a groove, but it doesn't seem like it with the, with the Braves beating the Pirates 20-1, to 1, you know? Yeah, right. That... You know, and we've got we got six no hitters where the pitchers are where the pitchers are pitching, and then you've got twenty to one, fourteen to eight where the hitters are hitting. Um, yeah, I think I think this could be a direct reflection of a dead end of baseball. You know, I they think did you're it in right. Korea, they said that it worked. Uh, it seems like it's working here. 
Makes you wonder if they dead-ended the baseball in London with the when the Red Sox and Yankees played. Remember, they scored a billion runs that, that – <laughs> <laughs> you remember that? But didn't they hit a bunch and, of home runs? Didn't they hit a bunch yeah, of Yeah, they hit runs, some home runs, but the outfield was quite deep. I don't know. Yeah, it's just the, the dimensions on that field were really weird. It is super because weird. Because it was like a makeshift baseball field. Yeah. But just interesting. Yeah. I do want, we're having I do want to talk about one more thing before we go to a break. break. Oh yeah, you're right. So you're right. We had let's uh let's dive into uh high school softball. Let's di- are we diving? Yeah, we're diving because this is one of our favorite topics on the show. Wait, wait, wait you're, you're going to dive into this? <laughs> no pun intended. Oh, so, yeah. Sure. <laughs> so <laughs> so my sister actually sent this this clip to me because uh, my niece plays high school softball in um, in northern Utah in Cache Valley. Shout out to the Skyview Bobcats. But anyways, uh, so this was in my niece's league. This was Bear River hosting Tooele. And this was play of the year. Ball hit out to, I believe it was left center. And I think it was a, I want to say it was a left fielder. I can't remember. Couldn't tell for sure exactly off the top of my head. But she straight up dove over the fence and made the catch. Robbed a home run to end the inning. Now, Brig, this is the crazy thing about this, all right? Okay. Beyond the catch. Is this rule is so strange. So strange. Do you know off the top of your head, Brig, why that was an out and not a home run? Nope. Okay. So first, uh, her feet left the field of play, so she didn't like step over the fence, and and then and then dive to make the catch, because she left the field of play, and she caught the ball, and she held on to it because if she had caught yeah. the ball in the air, hit the ground, and the ball fell out, it would have been a home run. Mm-hmm. In fact, I believe, I believe if she had stood on the opposite side of the fence, out of play and tossed the ball to another outfielder so she could climb over, that would have been a home run. Really? Just to put the ball back in play? So she had to to bring the ball back into play on her own, independently, without the help of of anybody else. I think that's like a big part of the rule. Uh, If I remember it, because I remember being told that in high school, because we played on a field where the fence was really, really, like, really short. Like, uh, this was City League, so I was playing some left field. And um, I remember standing next to the fence to make a catch, and it was like bottom of my back, just above my belt. Yeah, was how yeah. low it was. And I think I remember they they had told us like if you go over the fence, make sure you bring it back, or it's going to be a home run. So she brought it back, but also there was uh, it was the third out of the inning because technically with this rule, if you make a catch like that, go out of play, where it's a legal catch, the batter's out. But since the ball was out of play, yeah, all base runners get to advance one base just like on like the classic little league overthrow into the dugout at first base you know yeah because then you get to go to second so it, it would be this similar rule similar rule there but since it was the third out of the inning it didn't really matter but i thought for sure no, she it, was i thought it was a home run for sure i i was i didn't get into the rules brad i'm just looking at it and she left the field of play she <laughs> caught the ball she left the ground Caught the ball uh-huh. f- way outside the field of play. <laughs> I mean, oh, way outside. Way. That was a, <laughs> so far outside. Oh, man. Like, we're talking like three, four feet. Uh, at least, man. Like, she had to. So that fence was probably four feet high, and she cleared it pretty easily. Yeah, pretty easily. And backward. And went beyond. Yeah. <laughs> Jumping yeah. backward. Yeah. 
Yeah. Anyway. It was a pretty insane catch and kind of, like I said, kind of an obscure, weird rule. And there was a lot of debate about whether it should have been a home run or a catch. And, and my sister, who, you know, sits at high school softball games at Cash Valley where this happened, and uh, and they're talking about it, you know, like, well, it should have been an out. should have been out. Umpire got it wrong. But it turned out umpire got it exactly right because that's how the rule works. Kind of, kind of a strange one. Which, now you know when you see somebody... You know, like in Boston where they have that short fence, right? See somebody go into the bullpen, make a catch, see him bring it back, and you know why. Which happens. And Frig, the more you know. And with that, <laughs> we'll take a break, and when we get back, we're going to talk about the L.A., or just the Dodgers, actually, not Rushmore. No matter which ballpark you're at, you want to rep your team. Now you can with 9 Plus Us. Welcome to the Big City Series. With every design available in your team's colors, you can fit in with the home crowd or stand out on the road. Either way, we have the colors you crave. Shop the Big City Series and find designs that rep your favorite baseball podcast, cheer from the cheap seats, and much more. Shop the Big City Series only at 9plusus.com. Welcome back, baseball family. Thanks for sticking with us. We are excited to bring you yet another Mount Rushmore episode. Brad is in the house, as always, as you were in the previous segment, by the way. But, we, <laughs> but I'm literally in the he's house. He's here in the house. <laughs> I just feel I'm like in the house. It's worth pointing out that he's still in the house. So we're, we're bending the space-time continuum a little bit. Um, this will air later, and that's terrific. All right. So now but it's you, still the present. I don't know. It, it is space-time. We're talking. See, like this is a sci-fi episode Physics now. stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Baseball family, we're glad that you followed us uh, through our time machine. And we are going to jump into four names that we think belong on the Los Angeles Dodgers Mount Rushmore. And we are going to begin with Brad's... Actually, first, hold on. I'm going to intro the Dodgers a little do bit. Do it. Yeah, yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. Okay, the Dodgers have 138 seasons from 1884 to 2021 and counting. Their record, win-loss percentage is at 528 overall. That's 11,023 wins, 9,837 losses. We have 34 playoff appearances, 25 pennants, 7 World Series championships, and 10 retired numbers. So there's a number of uh, names we can choose from. And Brad, why don't you tell us who your first, in no particular order, name is. Okay, my first person, in no particular order, once again, I have Fernando Valenzuela. Whoa. Okay, this is kind of a deep cut. It's pretty deep. So, this is going to be so much fun. This this is fun. (laughs) Okay, so Fernando Valenzuela, like, I actually did not realize that he was playing until, like, 97 was when he finally retired. Yeah. Okay, because I've always heard the name in legend. Because of... Fernando Mania in the 80s, yes. right? Yeah. So he came to the came to the Dodgers in 80 81 as uh, it was that was that was when he exceeded his rookie limits. He was technically a rookie yeah. in 81 where he won the Cy Young. Right. He won the rookie of the year. Right. And then he had 1 2 3 4 5 6 All-Star appearances in a row, which for a dominant pitcher like him, mhm. You know, where he was breathing out of his right eyelids and stuff like that. Like the lava lizards. Yeah. Um, like, 
Bull Durham reference for those who are not familiar. Oh, they know. They know by now. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah. I hope so. But so he had a sh- really short peak, mm-hmm. but it was so dominant. It was such a big deal. Yeah. Like in 86, he finished second in the Cy Young. Nice. You know, that's good. That's really strong. Yeah, it is. And, you know, we say no particular order, but I do feel like he is like the fourth of the four to oh, me. Oh, you know, okay. that he's kind of like a borderline guy. There were other guys that could have chosen in his place. Like Clayton Kershaw is the leader in war for the Dodgers. Sure, of course. You know, that's a that's a really good choice for me. But at the same time, like he has his postseason issues. Agreed. And so that's why I chose Valenzuela over him. Mm. But yeah, no, I, I feel like somebody who came into the league had as much of a social impact on the city of Los Angeles as he did. You have to put him on there because I don't have any specific criteria for right. my Mount Rushmore. I just pick guys like, I feel good about him. <laughs> I feel good about process. him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, does it feel right to me? Yeah, it feels right. I'm going to go with it. Okay, okay. So that's, and that was one of the things with Fernando Valenzuela that like he feels right. He, he is... He is the '80s Dodgers culture to mm. me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That everything was wild and crazy. Yeah, you know, that people were going nuts when he was pitching because he had those big old glasses and he was a yeah. rock star. So, right. You know, just yeah. dominating, mowing everybody down. So mm-hmm. to me, like he does belong on the Dodgers, not Rushmore. I know I, I most of that was just justification. You just rather than you, backing you it push up really with hard, yeah. and stuff. <laughs> but that's how it feels is that he's more of a culture guy to put on um and on the Mount Rushmore mm-hmm. than it is like statistically because like I said six years a six year peak is not that big of a deal. Especially it's, for a guy it's not. who played seventeen years. Yeah. But yeah. his his pop culture impact is massive. I like that. So my my pick, my the first one name on my list, we 14 years with the Dodgers. Okay. Total. Okay. Uh, and counting. And counting. Yes, sir. I This this person okay. will be on their Mount Rushmore regardless of when his career ends. And okay. this is my controversial pick because he's still playing. And I, I, I don't do this very often, but I think uh-huh. it's appropriate when it's appropriate. Uh-huh. We're talking a first-round draft pick that worked out. That's big, a big that's deal. A, that's a really big deal. I was yep. going to say that. 69.6 career war and counting okay career era so far of 2.44 including the playoffs i don't know who you're talking about now you do yeah mvp award winner three-time cy young award winner triple crown eight-time all-star 2020 world series gold glove five-time era title ml the the major league player of the year clayton kershaw clayton kershaw yes sir and this is irrefutable so statistical idea. data. Yeah, this, you cannot yeah. deny uh-huh. that he is the face of the franchise right now. He has been for oh, a long time. Yeah. You know, fourteen years he's with the same club the whole time. Again, that's thematic for those who I choose. I love that. I love franchise guys. Mm-hmm. The storied career, the twenty plus, fifteen plus year guy that's with the club the whole time is my jam. That's part of my. Mm-hmm. That's part. So he's my no-brainer pick. So Brad, you said you don't have a lot of a process going into it. You just right. feel good about it. Yeah. Which is funny because that's often how I interact <laughs> with baseball. <laughs> but I have a process uh, that I use, and he's my no-brainer pick. Yeah. And I can appreciate that. Mm-hmm. And you know, if there was an all-time good guy, Mount Rushmore, Clint yeah. Kershaw goes on it too. Yeah, you're right. Because you watch interviews with him. 
I watch him a lot. Actually, he goes on Dan Patrick a lot, so I watch him on there. And he's like willing to like show how he throws his pitches. Yeah. He'll sit there. He'll talk about his family. He's really big with his kids. Like he brings his son out on onto the mound before games, after games, lets him mess around out there, and just family guy, good guy. Yeah, I actually am a huge Clayton Kershaw fan. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I said, with the postseason issues, and that may have just been strictly because of sign stealing. Could have been that he really struggled in the World Series, and he kind of got that monkey off his back last he year. He did. That's you know? that's part of why I picked him. Yeah, and and I have no problem with you putting him on there. I think it's a great choice. You said it was almost on yours, yes. too. So yes. yeah, it came I, down to Kershaw and Valenzuela. Fair. So me, who? So. Okay. So who's next for you then? Uh, Since okay. we almost overlapped. Okay, this guy. Very short career, just 12 years. Ooh, 12 whoa. year career. However, he is a Hall of Famer, three time Cy Young Award winner, MVP. Oh, I know who this is. <laughs> three time Triple Crown, seven time All Star, three yes. World Series, yes. Mr. Sandy Koufax. Oh, that's my next one. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Sandy Koufax, huge deal. Huge. Okay, this is this is the big thing with me. Okay. 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 Like I said, three Cy Young Awards, one MVP. Yeah. He's won a few pitchers to do that. That's that's a big deal. We talked we've had this conversation. Right. I don't remember if we had it on the podcast or just otherwise, but it's a big deal. It happens all the time, so I don't know what yeah, where we've, we've had, had it multiple times. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but he retired when he was thirty. Yeah. In his prime. That he had just won let's see, he just won twenty seven games, twenty seven and nine in thirteen sixty six. That's right. And then he decided to hang it up. And somebody who's nicknamed the left arm of God. The left arm of God. I mean, <laughs> come on. That's a legitimate <laughs> nickname and one of the best I've ever heard it's in baseball. The best. Fantastic. Um, and, you know, there's not a whole lot of video of him pitching. If you watch the documentary Fastball, this is a legitimate documentary, like real documentary. <laughs> yeah, not, not the one I like so much. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, there is there's some really scratchy video, I believe, him throwing a, a no-hitter. Yeah. Right. Yes. It's really cool to see. It's really cool to watch it, especially the quality of the video, where it's shot, the angle. Yes. Um, but that's the time he started pitching in 1955. Like I said, retired in 1966. Right. Um, that for if he had pitched another five years, I think. Oh. Unreal. It would be undisputable. Like he would be one of the best ever. Oh I, well, I think he is one of the best ever. Right. But I'm talking like to... top two or three. Yeah. Yeah, you know, like you got Cy Young, who's like right. we talk about compilers. Cy Young might be a compiler. Totally wins and losses both. Totally, but I think Sandy Koufax, like it would be undisputable that he's like top three. Okay, but I love his small sample size, though. I think mm-hmm. like most people will say that's a detraction. They will they uh-huh. say they count that against him, yeah. but I think it makes more sense to say, look what you did in a short amount of time: mm-hmm. 137 complete games. Yeah, how many look at how many how many games did he play? Nobody. Okay, so he only he pitched um, 397 games. He okay, under Th- his, 397. 137 of them were complete games, and that's not a number we're ever going to see again. Like no, with no, the pitchers no. currently, that's no. not a number that will ever be reached. Never, no. never. But only in 12, 12 seasons. Yeah, uh, forty shutouts. Mm-hmm. Forty shutouts. Guess how many no nos he threw? Uh, I'm going to say five. Four. Uh, four. Yeah. yeah, four no nos. I couldn't remember, but. 
and, and you know, you talk about those complete games. He led the league with 27 in 65, 27 again in 66, and maybe that's why he retired. He's like, well, you know, I couldn't lift my arm after the season. Maybe I just can't play baseball anymore. <laughs> the, other <arm. laughs> the other arm. Yeah, there we go. Well, I was leaning towards the camera. Yeah. But, <laughs> but, yeah, like maybe that's what it was. He thought, like, I can't throw anymore because I literally cannot lift my arm. Right. You know, and, and who knows, but I, I don't, don't know. know the story behind it. But at 30 to retire, to be that dominant, he could have, he could have potentially had, like I said, five more years of dominance. Totally. And, yeah, I the numbers would be absolutely absurd, even if even with five more years. Well, and in 1965, he threw a complete game, or a perfect game. He's one of the 23. Yeah. 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 And that's, like, the crowning achievement of all time. It is. Let's <laughs> yeah. be honest. Well, because, like you said, only 23 of them. Yeah. The last one, the last one is still Felix, right? There hasn't been one since. Well, yeah, I don't think anybody's yeah, done it since. That was, I can look it up. A while okay. ago, that was almost that was almost ten years ago. I right. Think. But no, I think Sandy Koufax absolutely belongs on Mount Rushmore. I would yeah. say even an all-time pitcher Mount Rushmore. Yes. Oh, for sure. He, he would belong on that L- top so, four. Yeah, yeah I'd I, say yeah. He's top four. Uh, I, I would think so too. And you know, this is coming from me who never actually, obviously, never actually watched it. Never. Pitch. No. Just seeing. A little bit of scratchy video. Yeah. Looking at the numbers and then being like, it's better than most guys I've seen. Yeah. You know. And 2012, King Felix. 20, last that's, perfect Yeah, that's yeah, nine that's years right. ago. I thought, it was, I thought it was about that time. Yep, you're right on the money. But, all right, well, that's two for both of us. Let's go ahead and take a break and we get back. Let's do our other, our third and fourth. Yeah. I actually have a hobby that has nothing to do with baseball. And Brad, I think, is a little jealous. In the tiny bit of spare time that I have, I get punched in the face, or I'm punching someone else. Either way, my friends and I try to hit each other. Now, before you think I'm crazy, there is a lot of protective gear involved, and I get my gear from Venom. Unbeatable quality at truly affordable prices. Not to mention it's the best-looking equipment on the market. If that's not enough, Venom just signed an enormous deal with UFC, and that equipment and apparel is now available at Venom.com. So whether you need new gloves, a heavy bag, or performance apparel, Venom.com is the place to shop. You can support our show and get 10% off when you use the link in the description. I'm Jason. And I'm David. And we're the hosts of the Non-North Sports Podcast, where the home of sports talk for everyone. Join us bi-weekly as we talk about the happenings in sports. You can find the Non-North Sports Podcast on Anchor.fm, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and wherever else you find your podcasts. If you're anything like me, you wish you could read more, but life has you up and moving at breakneck speeds. Driving back and forth to work, dropping off and picking up kids from school, cleaning the house, and much, much more. When do I have time to sit and read an actual book? That's why I use Audible. I can turn my car into a rolling university with Tom Verducci. I can investigate the 1919 Black Sox scandal while vacuuming my stairs. So if you want to learn from Joe Torre, Jackie Robinson, and Jeff Passan. You can with Audible. Click the link in the description to get your first month free and support the Baseball Together podcast. Welcome back, baseball family. Okay, we're going to get into the rest of our Mount Rushmore here for the L.A. Dodgers. L.A. In L.A. I can't believe we said L.A. this many times. We never said L.A. Get tacos in L.A. You got it in. I'm proud of you. Had to. Had to. All right, Brig, let's start with you here with your third, again, in no particular order. Right. I did do a little bit with Fernando Valenzuela. You but did, overall, but you don't was... have a process, so you can do whatever you want. 
Kind of freewheeling here. Yeah. But, all right. Number three for you, Brig. Okay, we're, we're going to overlap. And, and I'm glad that it's in no particular order because you can just move him to this slot. Because this is what's going to happen right okay. now. Okay, all right. We yeah, overlapped yeah. last time. We're going to do it again. Yeah. Everybody's been waiting. Now batting. <laughs> <laughs> At 5'11", 195 pounds, <laughs> throws right, second baseman, third baseman, and first baseman, Jackie, Jackie Robinson. Robinson. Yes, sir. That's right. Yeah. Let me turn my hat around, actually. Got that because, beautiful 42 hat. Oh, I yeah, it so baby. Much. It is available on the shop, 9plusus.com. We got it in t-shirts. It's legitimately, the blue one is the best t-shirt you'll ever wear. Yeah. Ask anybody. <laughs> well, there's a voice actor who wears it. Kyle Tate. Yeah, we follow. We both follow him. We're That's friends right. with him on Facebook, and I see him wearing that shirt all the time. Yep, he and David Sad, uh, Sanzen, I think is how you pronounce his name, okay. did the Jackie Robinson, the most recent Jackie Robinson um, biography. Well, it's memoir is what okay. it is. It's an autobiography, memoir. Anyway, uh, they did the voice recording for the audiobook and it is terrific and we'll put a thing we'll put a link in the doobly-doo and Mm -hmm. some description on how you can find it but yeah yeah, kyle and david did that and it's great but anyway jackie robinson gotta be on the dodgers mount rushmore i mean it's absolutely irrefutable dodgers baseball mount rushmore yeah 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 mount society's mount rushmore (laughs) like american history mount rushmore it's a huge huge deal so obviously he's in the hall of fame his numbers retired everywhere as of what ninety eight or whatever it was. Oh geez, I can't remember what it was. Go ahead and filibuster. I'll look that up. Yeah, it's, I think it was ninety eight. But he's a Most Valuable Player Award, Rookie of the Year, six time All Star, nineteen fifty five World Series champion. He won the batting title as well. And we, I think, a lot of us know exactly uh, you know, the details, or the the more broad stroke details mm-hmm. of his career, how he came up, and the the difficulty that he faced. So sociologically it's a fantastic story but if you stick to the gameplay on the field it's equally fantastic so we're talking two times fantastic yeah maybe four times well and if you watch the movie 42 you get a big you get a good picture i don't want to say it's complete by any stretch of the imagination but it's a it's solid not. picture it's a solid view of what yeah. happened yeah yeah you get a good idea but so it was april 15th 1997 oh okay uh, the 50th anniversary of jackie robinson breaking the color barrier that's when Major League Baseball mm-hmm. uh, retired the number. Yeah. But you've got Jackie Robinson Day every year where the entire <clears> league <throat> wears 42. You know, Today we all wear 42. That's right. Is the thing. And um, and it's a big deal. It's a really big deal because at the time, I mean, we, we talk about this all the time, you know, that the world is such a different place. I can't even comprehend. Me, no. You know, what we have no like. frame of reference. Yeah. For, yeah. for <clears throat> this particular guy, Jackie Robinson, to come into a place where he's not welcome. Not yeah. only not welcome, not wanted. Yeah, largely. I mean, some, but yeah, yeah largely. Yeah. yeah, you know. And there were guys on the Brooklyn Dodgers who I'm sure were like, no, I'm not doing No, that. they were. That's very well documented. Yeah, they're yeah. like, I'm not playing with this guy. That's I'm exactly right. It. And, you know, you see a lot of that in 42. You see opponents. You see fans who yeah. are just like, no, no. You know, and for him to stick it out. Because he could have easily, at no fault, no blame from anybody, been like, I don't want to do this anymore. Absolutely. I don't want to do it, but he did it. He, he saw did. it through to the very end. And, I mean, as a baseball fan, I'm grateful that he did. Yeah. And there are countless players who are also grateful that he did. And it, it just it changed the game for the better in so many different ways. It's true. It's absolutely so, true. So, 
Couple couple things about Jackie Robinson. 61.7 career war, uh, 4,877 at bats. He has 1,500 100 or excuse me, 1,518 hits, 137 home runs, career batting average 311. That's great. Now now listen, that's in 10 years. Mm-hmm. He only played for 10 years. Well, in the big leagues because he played in the Negro leagues before that. That's right, exactly. You know, but I mean but, as far yeah. as we have and mm-hmm. and Major League Baseball is right now working to integrate Negro leagues mm-hmm. uh, statistics and history into the larger scope of what we're accounting for right. in in baseball statistical analysis, which is is a long overdue change and it's it's very exciting, but as what what they've been Using for the last, you know, hundred years or whatever, we have ten years since of the career. dawn of time. <laughs> I feel like Simba, and you're like everything the light touches, right? It's kind of how it feels, yeah, with baseball, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And now, now everything light touches. I mean, yeah, Negro leagues in there, but we've got well, a rookie, for, and we've it's got a, long overdue. Anyway. It is very long overdue. But we've got a rookie of the year, an MVP in '49, yeah. his first All Star season, and you know what? That for his third year to be the first his first all-star season feels to me more discrimination than yeah. than warrant it's prejudicial yeah, yeah because in 47 he led the league with 29 stolen bases he hit 12 home runs and yep. he and he hit 297 that's respectable yeah but 49 was still a great season 39 stolen bases hit 342 that's a big deal right there that's that's a, that's a it's great, great. Yeah, that's a great really, season no matter, matter who it is. Yeah. yeah that's gonna be an all-star that's the, yeah. that's the year that he won the mvp yeah and probably feeling more comfortable with his environment totally you know like more i'm sure that there's a, the a mental a great big mental aspect yeah those first couple years but yes yeah it, it it's a big deal and, and really cool that he's able that he won the mvp that year i love that's it. great yeah i love really it cool. i'm glad we agree um I would have been a little sad if we didn't agree on that one. I think we would have had bigger issues if Jackie Robinson was not on Okay, Much bigger issues. All right, you ready? To, now we are going to get into departure mode because we yes. are not going to agree on our next one, I guarantee it. I'm going to die if we do, though. No, I, I will die, so but it's not going to be the same. I I, I'm sure it's not. Okay, all right. Let's set it up. Now okay. let's set it up. Okay. Get yeah. after it. You're, you got to go first. You want me to go first? Yeah, mine's better, so you got to go first. I don't think it is. It is. My number four is Vin Scully. You shut up! <laughs> you get out of here! That's mine! Are you kidding me? Welcome back, baseball family. We have mostly composed ourselves. I can't, like, I almost passed out. <laughs> uh, I was laughing so hard from that. That I, I'm not kidding. I legitimately, like, it started to get black. No, I almost no. passed out. <laughs> so, so we're going to try to keep it together for the rest of this segment <laughs> after a considerable break of trying to compose ourselves. We'll it's get been... there. We'll meet you there at the end. Uh, we'll, if, if you're there waiting for us, we'll meet you there. We'll get there. Might be a winding road, but we're going to be there. Okay, so we have Vince Scully, both of us. That is not something either of us anticipated, and you can tell that it is genuine based on our reaction. Briggs <laughs> almost not like knocking me out of my chair. So if you, if I hit you so hard. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's true. If, okay, if you're if you're not watching on YouTube, you can find that on YouTube at Baseball Together. You can find it on TikTok. We posted a little short of it because it's outrageous. Um, but 
Yeah. Okay. Great. Let's <sighs> okay. go ahead. So All first, right. so this this is the number one reason for me that I picked Vin Scully. Like, yes. forget that he was <clears throat> the the Dodgers broadcaster for a hundred thousand years. Like, that's that he, alone is impressive. He started his career in 1950, but in Brooklyn. Yes, in Brooklyn. He made the move he to LA the move with to the LA. team. That's but right. this this is the big thing for me is not many guys can do this. He could read the phone book and make it interesting. You're right. Because of his delivery, his perfect radio voice. Perfect. Absolutely perfect radio voice. Yeah. And also his personality. Yeah. You know, that my favorite Ben Scully call was a few years ago. Uh, there was a there was a fight. It was Dodgers, and I don't know who it was, but Matt Kemp was on the team. Mm-hmm. And you could tell that he was yelling an obscenity. And the way Vin Scully was describing it, do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. <laughs> fertilizer. Matt Kemp <laughs> says that's fertilizer. <laughs> so good. <laughs> there were several years after that that any, if any time was anytime anything was that, I would call it fertilizer because I thought it was so funny. It's so good. It's, it's such a good way to, yeah. to clean it up and, and still paint the picture yeah. because that's what he's perfect at, painting the picture for you. And he did it all by himself. Yes. He never had a color commentator. There was never a number two in the booth, ever. Yeah. It, the fact that there was never a number two, like that's unreal. It's unreal. Yeah. It's unheard and he, of, unreal. and he didn't miss a game until what, like a year before he retired. It was a very long time. But did you know? So while you look that up, I'm going to tell you, our baseball family that he served in the United States Navy. I didn't know that. Yes, he did. I did not know that either. Yep, he went to Fordham University, served briefly in the United States Navy. He was. Guess what he did in the Navy? I have no idea. Radio communications. Of course he did. Can you believe that? No, the guy was literally born <laughs> into this role. Mm-hmm. This is what he was supposed to do. No, it's great. And he kind of weaseled his way. Weaseled is the wrong word. He... he Finangled? Mm, no, he just knew. Mm-hmm. He just knew this is what he wanted to do. So he put himself in the best possible position to get a job doing mm-hmm. radio broadcast. Yeah. He called more than baseball. Everybody knows that, right? Well, okay, maybe you don't know that. But he called lots more than baseball. But he's obviously most well-known as the voice of the Dodgers. And we're talking, he what, was he 22 years old when he got started? Something, 23? Um, when, he, when he walked into the radio station, what, I forget which radio station it was. I think it was in New York. He walked into a radio station in New York and said, Hey, listen, I think I can do a better job. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> and that that's a big deal, especially for somebody that young to go in and just be like, listen. I feel like only someone that young could do that. That's true. Nobody else is going to have – everybody else would be so jaded from life experience that they're not going to have that kind of arrogance and confidence. It's pretty, pretty some substantial cojones there, I'm telling you, yeah. to use the L.A. term. <laughs> <laughs> so 67 seasons with the Dodgers. Um, I, I don't know that he necessarily had um, the streak – like um, Donald Sterling does with the Yankees. John Sterling. John Sterling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Donald Sterling, that's somebody completely different. I don't know who that back. Is. Don't worry about it. Okay, it's thanks. not important. John, though. Yeah, John Sterling yeah. had that impressive streak with the Yankees. I don't know that John, that <clears throat> Vince, that Vince, Vince Scully Vince necessarily Scully. had the, the same streak. Mm-hmm. I'm still like all messed up. I think I'm still trying to get <laughs> yeah. back to the brain. Yeah. <laughs> I hate you really hard. <laughs> <laughs> but, oh, my word. Three perfect games called. Yeah. 21, 21 no hitters. 
13 World Series. Mm-hmm. He's seen it all. He's seen everything. He's seen it done at all. Sportscaster of the Year, California Sportscaster of the Year, 21 times. That's low. It's low. <laughs> it, it's I don't know how he didn't. I mean, the only reason I could think that he didn't get it every year is because he said, no, 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 I've got enough. Yeah, or that was he was 21 years in California. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and they yeah. started it the first year. <laughs> he also won an Emmy. Did you know that? A Lifetime Achievement Emmy in 1995. They gave him an Emmy. <clears throat> which is which is really cool. He's uh, considered the Sportscasters Association Broadcaster of the Century in 2000. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Here's here's one for you. Okay, how, how long have the Dodgers been around? Since uh, Dodgers have been around since 1884. Yeah. Okay. 130 something. Vince Scully has called 53% at the time of his retirement. He called 53% of the Dodger games. You're kidding. 53%. That, oh my gosh! Yeah, that's astonishing. Yeah, and you, you know, it's that's um, yeah, yeah. It says <sighs> percentage fifty three percent of is uh, the number of years Scully's been involved as a broadcaster with the Dodgers. The franchise started in eighteen eighty four. Well, baseball family, we want to know if you agree with us. Honestly, are you? Do you think Vince Scully belongs on the Dodgers? I mean, he didn't even play, right? Mm-hmm. And there's a significant amount of conversation that could go into that. Mm-hmm. But we feel, obviously, yeah. <laughs> that you can't tell the Dodgers story without Vince Scully. And that's why he belongs on our list. And that's what the Mount Rushmore is. is yes. The, the players who are going to tell the story of the team. Well, the, the personalities. Yeah. Right? The yeah. people. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Like exactly. He's not a player. The yeah. people who tell the story about the franchise. And he so. literally told the story <laughs> of the franchise. 50% of their entire mm-hmm. history yeah. through the mouth of Vince Scully. Unreal. It is absolutely insane. So go ahead and send us a uh, an email through the through the mailbag. Go to baseball together Click submit to mailbag in the menu. It'll take you right to the page. Just fill out the form. Uh, really easy. Just <clears throat> name so we know who it is. Uh, tell us what you think in the field there. Like we always say, questions, comments, concerns, snide remarks. In this case, snide remarks about Mount Rushmore. If that's what you choose, that's, that's up to you entirely. Yeah. Uh, and then send it over our way, and we will uh, we'll give you a shout-out on the podcast. We'll let you know. We'll say this person say, says that, uh, I don't know, Matt Kemp belongs on <laughs> Mount Rushmore. Sure. Should you think Tommy Mount Lasorda. Rushmore? Tommy Lasorda is another. That's yeah. another one that was absolutely worth mm-hmm. mentioning. Yeah, for sure. Well, and what's interesting is that Bob Gibson, or sorry, Kurt Gibson, we talked about mm-hmm. Kurt Gibson being there because – to both of us, Kurt Gibson was synonymous with Dodger baseball. But Iconic. He actually played in Detroit far more than he played in L.A. It was only a couple of seasons in L.A. Yeah. But you cannot tell the Dodgers story without Kurt Gibson. Playing hurt in the World Series, game one of the World Series. Yep. I mean, that is lore. But does he belong on the Mount Rushmore? I don't know. That's a tough it, one. It's really tough. It's yeah. really tough. If you feel like... If you feel like Kirk Gibson belongs on Mount Rushmore, let us know. Like we said, That's reach out to us. We, we want to hear from you about what you think because there is tons, yeah, tons that belongs on this. Yeah, don't forget to jump on the shop as well at 9plusus.com. It's N-I-N-E-P-L-U-S-U-S.com. I've got my 42 hat on right now. It's the, part of the Legends series. Brad's wearing his pirate baseball hat and his autism awareness baseball to get a t-shirt as well. We're glad he's here. And baseball family, we will catch you next week.